This is a Triple J podcast. Hello. Hi. Okay, we're here. This is round two of our AMA with sexologist Lauren French. Yes, if you haven't already listened, we did a part one, so do go and check your feed. We spoke about how we get so many DMs from you with all your questions and your issues from your sex life. And honestly, we just can't answer them all. Or we've already done an episode on it like a year ago or whatever. Yeah, so we're doing this now. This is part two. We've got a mix of voice memos and callers. So you'll hear their questions throughout this episode. But if you are listening right now and thinking, why do I care? I don't care about blah, blah from blah, blah, blah's question. Yes, you do. Because so many of them we can guarantee are relatable and probably something that you need help with or you're just curious about. Yeah, and even if it's not you being affected by this issue, someone you know might be. And in this episode, we're going to cover a huge range of topics that are super interesting to talk about. How to deal with UTIs, for example. I needed to hear that. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> apologies in advance. You'll hear me just go on and on and on about it. Um, how this Peep and I died over this one. How to move on from your ex's perfect penis. I know. this. Oh. You have to hear this. It's amazing. Um, and how to have sex after sexual assault trauma. So there is a trigger warning for that. Yeah, there are lots of really interesting uh, conversations coming up, so stay tuned. All right, part two. Let's get into it. Okay, Lauren, now we have another question from Alex. I've been with my partner for two years and he doesn't like so much foreplay performed on him because it makes him very excited. But one of my big biggest turns on is turning him on mm-hmm. so is there anything I can do that's maybe I guess less stimulating but still kind of foreplay for him mm. I love this question I know I and I, I always want to follow up with a question because yeah. my thing is like what yeah. turns him on more visual or like physical stimulation because I'm like well if it, if he's someone who gets really turned on visually then instantly I'm like I wonder what would happen if you blindfolded him and like he had sensation but didn't have the visual cue if that would kind of help things out or if that would do the opposite and heighten everything and like make it way too intense and amazing um look I think foreplay is a hugely important part of all sexual experiences and we've talked I've been on here before talking about that you know foreplay is in a set you know amount of activities or thing that has to happen before penetration or anything like that um But if you're kind of saying that you get really turned on by watching him get really turned on, then I also wonder if there's an element here of letting him know that, like, what the expectation is on timeline. I've definitely worked with people where there's a lot of anxiety and kind of shame if they get so turned on that they feel like they're going to come quickly or, you know, that idea that, well, if I come, then sex is finished and I've disappointed my partner and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So having an open conversation of, like, here are the expectations and I actually love watching you get so turned on that you lose your mind and you orgasm really quickly because I know we can still do other sexual things afterwards and like it doesn't have to end there like because to me I'm like that would maybe alleviate some of the stress of this person having to go oh but I'm so turned on but oh I can't be but oh no because that might make it a little bit better yeah I find that that's so interesting because I think from I mean I'm making a big assumption here with Alex's voice memo but Sounds like their partner is a horned dog. Yeah. So, like, anything <laughs> is going to get them riled up and ready to go. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when somebody um, comes really quickly, it's kind of a, like, you're like, yeah, I did yeah, that. that. I'm irresistible. And <laughs> Look sometimes at me go. You want it, exactly. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think that was really great advice. 
Yeah, I love that like it doesn't mean it's over. That's the thing. Yeah. We always talk about that, but it's yeah. so hard in the moment. Like even though we preach it all the time on the show, I still am like, oh, it's over now. And I'm yeah. like, why? Why? I it's know that not. it's not. Yeah. It's like exactly. It's like why like why do we not think of oh that's just like the first part of this? Like what's the second part gonna be? What's the third? Like and I think sometimes it helps people to open up your mind to what your sexual experience is. Like and you know, think about what was the prep before we even got to foreplay? How did we get to a place of even like you know, turning our, you know, mind on, you know, what did we do to like set the physical space? And like when we are kind of finished with the, you know, sex kind of part, what's the after care? What's the like, you know, intimacy moment? What's the showering together? What's the laughing over a Powerade? Like, I don't know what you do, but what is that kind of whole experience? And it's not just from I'm naked to you've come. Yeah. Alex, you, you should uh, listen to our episode on foreplay. Yeah, it's and really, it's, really good It's with a Lauren. whole day thing. It's yeah. amazing. Get into yeah. it. It's in your feed. All right, let's take another voice memo from Sam. This might be one of the most interesting questions that we've oh, had. I'm so intrigued. How do I move on from my ex when he had the perfect penis? Like literally dignitized worshipped it so it set the bar very very high for every other one that i may see and anything compared to that is shit <laughs> i love dignitized i need to use so that iconic. that is iconic um okay well sam you know my thought my, my thoughts are with you for when you've had an incredible penis experience thoughts and, and prayers babe yeah yeah you know all the things <laughs> look my first is you know and I'm you know maybe a little bit more unorthodox because of profession and all that kind of stuff but if it's about size or girth or these sort of things instantly I'm like yeah okay maybe the partner you're now with doesn't naturally have those things that doesn't mean you can't buy things, get things that can facilitate a similar experience that you like. Like if you're someone who, you know, I don't, and I don't know what the perfect peen was because, um, you know, it's like a snowflake. Everyone has different preferences on what a perfect penis is. But I've definitely worked with people before who like have had a, an experience with a really like girthy or really long penis and they've gone, oh, that's for me. That's like it. Love it. But now I've got a partner who, you know, doesn't quite measure up in that same way, which again, no issue but they've gone yeah but now we've actually got like a penile extender or we've gotten this toy that my partner uses with me because they love watching me with it and you know we've created a real eroticism of it so I think like you know have your RIP moment for that perfect pain that you may never see again exactly but you know, have that acknowledgement of, okay, but I can get similar experiences and I just have to be open to having a conversation with a person going, hey, you know, love what we're doing. This is really fun. I'd really love us to do this because I need some girth. I'm like, Lauren, how did, how would you say it? <laughs> yeah. Because I need a bigger, you know. Yeah, oh, well, outside yeah. of just I need, need some, some girth. girth. <laughs> or, um, I mean, if, if that's not for you. But, you know, using that phrase of I've, I've found that I really love this sensation. Yeah, I love that. So I really love this sensation of stretch, of fullness, of, you know, like it can even, because it depends, again, if it's length or girth or Mm. whatever it was. Because if it's girth, it could be like, I love that sensation of being really full and really, you know, stretched. And so like, if you're inside me, I'd love to put something else inside me as well, you know, like to, to get a little bit of that. If it's that like, oh, I really love this kind of sensation where you're really close to my cervix, because that's about length, then that's also when we're doing other things like I'd love to use these toys or these sort of things because I know it can you know really give me that feeling always go back to you 
I love this feeling. I love this sensation. I really love this. Not a, you don't have a big enough dick or you're not giving me this or you're not doing that. Like, well, my ex had the perfect pain. So yeah, yeah probably don't bear. mention the perfect no, pain. No, don't mention your ex ever. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that, like, Sam didn't specify in this voice memo whether they were, like, casually dating and seeing a lot of yeah. people. But I think, like, something that we talk about on The Hookup is that there is no just, like, one person for you. You no. might meet another perfect dick. Don't babe. give up. Yeah. yeah. Don't give up. You might find something else that is different to what you originally loved and then you're like, I'm going to worship this cock for a different It might curve exactly. in the right way that you never knew you needed to, to curve. Exactly. Exactly. Love that. Love a curve. Rip, Sam. Rip. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, got in touch. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Lauren, I just had a question about breath work when you're orgasming and if there's any way to do it to make it better. Um, I've heard if you breathe properly when you're orgasming, uh, it can make it 10, 15 times better. and if that's the case, uh, what's the process? Thank you. Love this. <sighs> Big <breath> I run. <sighs> oh, yes. Um, no, I love that. I mean, I'd love to see the um, peer-reviewed article that says it's 15 times more intense. Yeah, um, where did that come from? But you never know. Um, look, not my specialty area, though I do, you know, I've done a lot of work around that kind of mindfulness practice and in, you know, getting in touch with body during sexual experiences, during orgasm. And obviously when you're kind of, it's it's a similar thing people talk about both having a lot of breath and not having a lot of breath um, that can make things heightened, heightened experiences in your body. Um, I would say start really simply if you've never kind of played around with changing breath work. Um, and you can kind of do it in a couple of different ways when you're masturbating or when you're with a partner. I always... I always go to try it first masturbating because it's much easier to try something on your own just to kind of suss everything out before you kind of go with with a partner. You can kind of just experiment with your breath in general, like kind of get a little bit of a pant going and see what that does as well as really intentionally taking some deep breaths while we're masturbating just to see what the pleasure kind of and sensation does. Uh, And then I would, if you're really wanting to like play around with what we almost end up in a space of is like a tantra space or that kind of a side of breath work and orgasm, I would really recommend like looking into a few different people that do that. Even like Cam Frazier is a really great person who does Mm, a lot of that work Um, and like exploring that. But start off small and like just mindfully breathe while you're having sex. And a thing I love doing with people is try to even if you're not masturbating or having sex when you're doing kind of like mindful breath like that kind of real you know in for a count of five out for a count of ten really try and mentally envision when you're breathing out pushing your air from kind of your nose or your mouth wherever you breathe in down your body and it sounds really funny but breathe out through your genitals I've heard Cam say this before. Yeah. yeah. Breathe yeah. out through the balls. Breathe out through yeah. the balls. Yeah, and, and when you get that, I've done similar things around with people with like vulvas and like breathing out through your like vagina, like breathing out through your vaginal opening, like really trying to like picture that breath going out and it brings so much focus and awareness to your genitals, which obviously just having a heightened focus can have heightened sensation at, for some people. Um, but yeah, I would definitely start there and then go speak to some breathy experts. Love that. Love that so much. Um, do you want me to read out, Which Jason? Which yeah. is not me. This is going to be... You're like, don't ask. I don't know. <laughs> Love Tantra, but not no, my yeah. specialty. We've got Liz on the line. Liz, you've got a question for Lauren. What is it? 
Yeah, I suppose I've found it really, really hard to find good information about how to manage it when you get UTIs mm. after sex all the time. And I've struggled with it for so long. Um, and why does that happen to some women and not others? Oh, Liz, thanks so much. And let's just have a moment to, you know, send out for everyone currently dealing with UTI. Hey, I'm on yeah. antibiotics <laughs> oh, right now. Oh, struggling. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> a, a moment for Dee. Um, cause I, and I want to clarify a couple of things. So I remember when I first um, was having sex and just talking to friends, it was the big thing of you have to pee after sex because you're going to get a UTI. And I remember when I got my first UTI, I was so like – but I peed after sex. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, I also didn't know what was happening to me and I thought I was dying, um, <laughs> which is, you know, joyful times. Obviously, when we talk about UTIs, like the kind of science and like biology behind the UTIs, basically we're getting kind of any bacteria or just other things inside the urinary tract. And so for, you know, female genitals, when we're talking about vulvas, uh, where the urethra is, is not that far away from where the vaginal opening is, is also not that far away from where the anus is. And so when we're being sexual and, you know, we've got fluids kind of going around everywhere, it's really easy for bacteria to move around, particularly if you're like when we talk anatomy, if your urethra is actually quite close to your vaginal opening, and that can look a little bit different for different people. Um, so I want to be clear, it's not as simple as go and pee after sex and then you're totally fine and you're not going to have any issues. Um, obviously, uh, things around making sure that if we're having, you know, fingers in our vaginal opening, two fingers in our anus, to this kind of moving around that we don't want to move those things so much because you're more likely to spread bacteria. You know, I'd be really curious if um, when people have really recurrent UTIs of doing some work, like it might sound really surprising, but I've done um, work with like pelvic floor physios and different kind of other medical practitioner spaces that can be really helpful for people who get those recurrent uh, conditions. Sometimes it can be things around uh, muscle tenseness and just what happens in the body and again a little bit of learned body stuff of like if we get a lot of UTIs after sex and our body kind of learns that that's a thing that happens and we're more prone to get them and it's just really strange and mm -hmm. I want to preface that with a lot of things that fall under women's health there's a lot of spaces of urologists and GPs and other people who kind of have a bit of a runaround of this and I've known people who have had you know 10 years worth of UTIs after sex and it ends up in a space where they're dealing with lots of pain and like, you know, real sexual aversion and this sort of stuff. So like, I, I want to be clear, it's not my specialty, but I would really recommend trying to find a specific gynecologist that works with uh, sex UTIs, this kind of stuff, as well as talking to a pelvic floor physio, because I'd be really interested to know kind of their take on it. Cause I've seen them have amazing results with people who have had recurrent, like, all the time UTIs. Liz, have you done those things yet? Um, I did go to a urinary gynecologist. Mm -hmm. um, I, and, and you know, he, and I had all the invasive kind mm -hmm. of um, stuff done. Um, and, and, and basically at the end of the day, <clears throat> the recommendation was to um, prophylactically take an antibiotic. Mm. Um, which has actually worked for me. I'd, I'd be very interested in seeing a pelvic floor specialist, though. Um, but, the you know, you, you kind of, I end up, you know, kind of riding that wave of not then getting thrush and, you know, yeah. all that sort of stuff. 
Oh, Liz, I feel that so much. Like, I've can I ask a dumb question, Liz? Can yeah. I ask you a dumb question? Yeah. What's prophylactic? Just before sex. Oh, yeah. okay. After sex. Yeah, you know, like kind of like like try and not get the infection raging. Yeah, got it. Can I also ask you another quick question, Liz? Have you been with the yeah. same partner? Um, so it, it interestingly, this did happen most when I was in a longish term relationship. Mm. Um, and I did have a GP who queried whether I was, you know, almost having like an allergic reaction mm. to, to that that person's um, semen. Um, uh, I haven't found it happen with subsequent partners over the last few years, but then wow. I've been taking, um, you know, uh, antibiotics prophylactically yeah. and yeah. that's working at this point. So, yeah, because yeah. I was thinking, I was wondering, like, if you use condoms, if you use dental dams, if you use these kind of more barrier things and that are kind of around, you know, fluids and that sort of stuff, if it helps at all. And, and it's really interesting because I was like, well, if it's like a sperm uh, allergic reaction sort of thing, like, I, I assume I'd be you'd be seeing that possibly internally as well as yeah. externally with the UTI. Mm. But, like, the mm. bodies are fascinating creatures, to be honest. Yeah, because yeah. mine have been happening for the past six months because I've got a new partner and it's been every single time after sex, every single Oof. time. And I have just decided that it's because of this person. <laughs> like, yeah, like this is a you problem, I just think our bodies problem. aren't working. Like it's just I, we Ugh. don't like each other. Like mm. our bodies don't like each other for some reason. That's but I do think good chat on the pelvic floor thing. Yeah, because I haven't tried that yet. And do you I know what? When you said step. that, Lauren, and I wonder if um, you exercise a lot, Liz, but I have really, really gotten into Pilates, mm. reformer Pilates, and my core is so fucking tight. Yeah. And I wonder if that's the difference because I've had UTIs in the past but I wasn't doing Pilates. Yeah, it's really interesting the amount of work that people do on and in media we all we talk about is tightening pelvic floors and Kegels and like tight, tight, tight. And I'm like, oh, like the vast majority of the work I do is around helping people relax and you know the amount of yeah the amount of sexual pain that comes from having super overactive pelvic floors as well as you know all the other mental side of it but so often when I'm dealing with people with vaginismus vulvodynia you know these kind of um, sexual pain it kind of comes back to a space of well there's a mental element and there's a pelvic floor because your pelvic floor is a rock and it is actually being used to kind of protect the space because it thinks it's going to be painful and that creates pain like cycles of pain. I feel like this could be a really interesting episode. Liz, should we go and do, should we go, both of us go and see a pelvic floor specialist and report back? Yeah, maybe. I'd actually be really keen to do that. Because I feel like if you're like me, you probably tried everything. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I've I've somewhat hit like a manageable spot. But, I mean, Mm. you know, the the thrush thing, that's not ideal. No, I mean, thrush versus UTI. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't That's know. That's not a seesaw I like. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, They're both horrible. Liz, let's let's go do this and report back. Message us in the DMs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. We'll do. All right. You're a legend. Thanks so Thank much, Thank you Liz. so Thanks, much, Liz. Liz. Okay, so this next message is from Jason. Um, we're going to read this one out. There's a little bit of a trigger warning on this for domestic violence as well as sexual assault. So Jason writes, I'm a male, I'm 23 years old, and I'm a virgin. I've previously been sexually assaulted when I was younger, but I've worked through this trauma. My fear around sex is that by having casual sex with a woman I meet through casual dating, could I run the risk of being re-traumatized? 
Would an escort be better equipped for someone's first time so that sex is not seen as something scary or fear-inducing? Right now, I do feel ready to have sex, having gone to therapy to feel comfortable at this stage in my life, and it feels right. Big. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, just first and foremost, I'm so sorry that that was something that this person had to experience and something that anyone has to experience. And, you know, when we talk about sexual trauma, that is something that, can have a lifelong effect. Not always like when we talk about that as if you'll never have sex again or anything like that or you'll never get to experience pleasure, but that it is something that, again, like I said before, like we don't turn off. It it doesn't just end. It is something that is a bit of a consideration. So I love that this person's actually considering it and like sitting with it of how they're going to set up a space that's really successful, um, particularly to have sex. Uh, my brain is in two spaces. Because, yes, when we go through a space of, like, an escort or a sex worker or a, you know, professional in this space, there's an element here of you can be really clear, set up a space, have really clear boundaries and expectations, and that can work really well. But it can also not give the kind of intended result someone wants from it um, because also if it's your first sexual experience post that kind of trauma, you might be wanting to kind of pad out that space with connection and intimacy and, you know, authenticity with a person. And that might be a better conversation to have with a partner or even a casual partner that you feel comfortable not, I'm not saying you have to ever lay out all the cards on the table. You don't have to go, here's my trauma. This is what happened to me, et cetera, et cetera. But sitting someone down and going, hey, you know, like, I'd really love to have this experience with you, but I, you know, this is kind of something that I've experienced and I want us to go in knowing what to expect and being aware that we might take it slow. We might have pause words that we put in. Now, I've talked about that before, but that idea of not having to say stop and mm. uh, like, you know, have a really big kind of reaction when we need to slow something down and using words like pause and, oh, can we just like pause here for a second or can we just slow down for a second to, you know, give our body time with it? The kind of middle ground, or not quite middle ground, but another option that people might not be aware of is like a sexological body worker or a somatic body worker, which is someone who uh, might have very uh, similar kind of experience around the sexology space and education space, but they can do a lot of hands-on education practice and things with people. So if you're wanting and if like if you've never even had like a sexual experience with your own body that wasn't maybe that trauma with another person, that might be a nice kind of middle ground because you could go to that person and go, hey, this is what I experienced. I've worked through a lot of it in this, but I haven't had a physical, you know, moment with another person. I'd love to have a safe environment where like it's really low stakes, but it's with someone that I can still have kind of like a touch experience with to see what happens. Because I think the biggest thing here is that fear of the unknown and the worry of, but what if I go in and we start doing something and then I freak out? So giving yourself that leeway of, well, this gives me a little bit of a taste of what I might expect with a partner down the road. And a professional, because if you go see a sex worker, then they might not be equipped to be able to deal with the therapeutic side of things of like if you are re-traumatised in that moment. Yeah, and just like trauma-informed care. Yeah, Like which a somatic worker might have a little bit more of an understanding of versus a sex worker. Not that a sex worker can't, but just that, you know, it might be a little bit more of a conversation to have definitely my friend saw it on the side note a um, mm. somatic sex worker they're amazing yeah he said it was really really good because he was mm. having some issues and it helped heaps yeah mm. i love them okay last person uh, okay so this is danny why does it hurt when my boyfriend goes deep and what can i do to prevent it from hurting 
Okay, so I thought there was an obvious answer to this, but maybe I'm about to be surprised, Lauren. What I mean, I kind of want to know what your obvi- what you thought your obvious answer was. I just thought that like maybe um their vagina, like the length of it, is like maybe smaller than regular. Maybe their partner is large, but I think in general, if it's hurting when someone goes too deep, it's because they're like smacking up against your your uterus wall, cervix, cervix. Yes. My bad. Like, if, like, if you're at uterine wall, or oh, we've something's gone wrong. Like <laughs> it's broken. Like through. something's got. If you're all the way into a uterus, like or oh, something. Also, that no. Like Sorry, babe, you've broken barriers. We've broken the barrier. <laughs> it's so funny because some people love the sensation of getting their cervix like hit, um, or like being touched during sex. Some people hate it, and oh it can God, be really painful. Be yeah. So that's also like that can be as simple as what it can be, um, but also it can also be a lot to do with pelvic floor. And so when we talk about when, – whenever I talk about pain during sex and it can be – because some people might be going, my partner's really deep or it's in certain positions or, you know, like doggy particularly or like kind of when someone's behind you, like it's a really common position to feel potential pain. Um, and obviously there's like, you know, your simple stuff of like, you know, how like lubricated is everything, how turned on are we, how relaxed are we in that moment, all of that kind of stuff plays a role. But particularly for, you know, female bodies – pelvic floor pelvic floor is a huge thing because if it's even that risk of oh deep to me is pain again pelvic floor is going to tighten up literally to protect but in tightening up it causes pain it's the most insane pain cycle because literally the pelvic floor tightens thinking it's helping and by tightening it causes pain which sends a signal to our brain that sex is painful, which sends a signal to our pelvic floor to tighten, which sent like, can we see the insane circle that that creates? So obviously like that's also a part. So again, there's might be an element here of pelvic floor physio and like relaxation techniques of pelvic floor to see. And I, and look. Pilates. Pilates. Stop doing it. Fucking Pilates. Pilates. I'm not going to lie. I love Pilates. Um, But it is that thing of, I wonder, you know, so often we think that things happen in isolation. But there's so much connectedness when we talk about the physical body, particularly anything in your pelvis. Because if you're telling me if there's UTI stuff happening, if there's pain during sex happening, like those those are some real easy links to make. Because when we go, oh, I've got UTIs a lot and I've also got this pain over here, they're not separate things a lot of the time. So for Danny then, would you suggest like switching up a few positions, like testing that out? Depends. Because obviously like what kind of – sexual expectations does Danny have or like Danny's partner have as well of like what that might look like because just like maybe not relevant to Danny but like in general the kind of flip is also talking to your partner because if your partner's having if you're having sex and your partner's causing you pain there's also an element here of talking to our partner because they can get real freaked out about the fact that their penis or whatever they're doing or being sexual with you is causing you pain and that can cause a lot of negative sexual stuff on the on that person as well as obviously the person that's experiencing pain so yes there's positions and position change that you can do sometimes like uh angling of pelvis like putting pillows under you and kind of like changing the angle that everything's coming in on can be really helpful um there are definitely things as well that you can use um that you can kind of put around the penis to kind of lessen the length uh, and there are things that you can put that, like, if if you know what a cock ring is, which is something mm. that, like, sits tightly at kind of the base of mm. the penis, um, w- there's different things that you can get that almost, they're longer, they're softer, they kind of create a buffer so that 
when you're having penetrative sex, the, there's not as much penis gets in because oh. that buffer stops it. However, it, it creates a sensation on the penis so that the penis feel like it doesn't feel like they're just like going halfway and oh, that's I love it. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's one, I only know like a brand name, I think, but there's one called like the O-Nut, which is like O-Nut, oh, which is I one. Oh, I love that. Um, but there's like a couple of others. But yeah, that's like an option if, if and I some people use that if it's like, you know, really painful and every position's painful and they want to like change it up that way. Um, is something you might look at. Interesting. Love this. Love this. And also like you don't have to be a person who like needs to get like fucked to the nth yeah. degree. And like mm. if it's not coming out your throat, it's not right. Like, yeah. like that also doesn't have to be the kind of sex you need to have or enjoy. So, yeah. you know, that's also a conversation with your partner of like, hey, like, do you actually love doing this kind of position or having this kind of sex? Or, you know, have we just assumed that this is what it should look like? Because everyone else is doing it. Yeah. And there's porn and, like, it's so much of that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because we have to go, like, hard, fast, hard, yeah. fast. It's like, actually, would really love you to pull back a little bit. Okay, I felt like this was a whole therapy session with Lauren just for me. Um, <laughs> but, like, if I was so surprised by I mean, like we say all the time, we find out so much stuff, we learn so much stuff from the show, but even I was so surprised by some of the answers that Lauren gave us in this AMA. So I hope that you're listening learned just as much as I did. Oh, 100%. Like, even in that last question, I was like, how is I- this even a thing? And then Lauren was like, well, <laughs> let me tell you. But yeah, big thank you to Lauren for coming in and spending so much time with us. And also for everyone who submitted a question, we really appreciate it. And like we mentioned before, we do get a lot of your questions in our DMs. If there was something that you wanted answered but it wasn't in any of these episodes, please, please, please message us on our Instagram at Triple J The Hookup. Uh, maybe we can make this like a reoccurring thing once in a while. Yeah, I would love that. Let's do it. And also if you um, would love to rate and review our podcast, we always appreciate your feedback so yeah just do that wherever you listen to your pods otherwise we'll see you next time bye bye bye